Hey everyone, my name is Anna, and you are listening to I Am Struggling, the podcast. A podcast where I talk about things that I'm struggling with. Today's episode is about birth control. And uh, this is a very fresh topic for me, as I just got my IUD replaced two days ago. And those who have been keeping up with me know that it was a real pain in the ass to get done. So I'm going to talk all about that, and I'm going to talk about different types of birth control um, through the lens of things that I've struggled with. And before I jump into this episode, I just wanted to acknowledge that it's been a hot second since I posted an episode. Uh, I banged out a bunch of them, just so I kind of had stuff for people to listen to. Um, And then the past two weeks happened, and they've honestly sucked hard between work and mental health and just exhaustion. Um, So, yeah... That's the deal. That's why there was nothing for you guys. But I'm going to be trying to keep these a little bit more consistent um, since I feel like I've gotten enough out there right now for people to kind of, if they're new to this podcast and wanted to just go hard on it, there's enough episodes to do that. Um, But I'm going to probably be trying to make this a weekly thing. Um, Ideally, I would have it be the same day every week that it would come out so you can mark your calendars every week and have something to look forward to. Um, But I don't always operate under such a logical and um, well-planned out system. So we'll see. We, We will see what happens. Only time will tell. But I'm excited to be back at it. Um... I actually filmed a couple different, or recorded a couple different um, episodes during the past two weeks, Uh, but they all kind of sucked. Like, they just, I was doing it because I was forcing myself, like, hardcore forcing myself, like, it was, like, the last thing I wanted to be doing. Um, So, I'm going to try to give you quality over quantity, but still hit you with enough quantity to keep you coming back. Um... So that's the deal with that, and yeah, so I guess we can hop into today's topic of birth control. Um, I, my first experience with birth control, well, back it up a little bit more. My, the way I was raised, birth control was the devil. Not close to the devil. Um, I was raised to believe that you know, pregnancies are a gift from God and to prevent or attempt to prevent or limit pregnancy is, um, ungodly. You're not supposed to do that. And it was a little bit confusing because certain forms of, um, family planning were acceptable. Like you could, you were allowed to do the thing where you chart um, I apologize for the sniffing. Again, we're going to give that episode on dry air at some point because, oh my God, this house, the dry air is killing me. Um, anyway, but family planning. So it was like, you could do, you know, if you wanted to do the method where you count out your, your cycle days and then you, um, 
plan around that and only have sex at those times where you think that you won't get pregnant. And I think the idea of why that one's okay is because it leaves open the possibility of pregnancy, um, you know. But so, so that's how I was raised, where that was like kind of, that was acceptable, but other forms of birth control were not acceptable. Um, in fact, I even at one point went to my dad's, my dad was studying to be a deacon, and he, um, so he would go to classes, you know, to kind of like learn how to be a deacon. And I remember I was in high school and we were reading this book. I believe it was called Monique and the Mango Rains, but I would have to double check that. But regardless, it was this woman. She was in the Peace Corps, maybe. I don't know. But she was in a community where culturally um, the women were just expected to um, have sex with their spouses pretty much at any any time like there wasn't really uh there wasn't choice there marital rape was um normalized or considered normal in that culture and what was happening was a lot of these women were getting pregnant and without you know really not wanting to and dying in childbirth so what this woman did was she made birth control accessible to the woman in this community and she did it secretively um so that their husbands wouldn't find out but it ended up saving lives and giving more choice excuse me more choice to the woman that she was working with um i mean there it was still obviously uh not an amazing situation (laughs) For, with a lot of the stuff that was going on, but they, you know, she was helping them to prevent um, unwanted pregnancies. So anyway, I read this book, and I was like, huh, well, what do you know? I was like, that sounds pretty godly. That sounds pretty godly to, to help your fellow people who are in this situation where they, you know, are not being given agency and they're being abused and you you're helping them stay safe as safe as you can in that situation and not die in childbirth i was like that sounds like yeah, i don't know sounds like probably what jesus would do uh so i asked my parents about it what their opinion was and they got the bright idea that i should go to my dad's deacon class to ask the professor or whatever the the person teaching the class i should ask them and I, you know, I was like, I fucked around with that stuff. I, I was willing to go to a class and try to get some answers. So I said, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. I'll go. And I did. And now picture this. I'm in a room. It's me. I don't even know. I think I had pink hair at the time. I don't remember. High school Anna in a room with like 15 middle-aged Catholic men who are all training to be deacons and then two instructors, one who's a woman, one who's a man. And I came in and I presented the the dilemma, I presented the situation in the book, and I presented the solution um, that this, this woman had come up with, and I asked, I said, is that a sin? Is, you know, in that situation, is birth control okay? I asked it. I stood there in front of that whole class and I asked it and you want to know what the response I got was? I'm sure you're dying to know what the thoughtful 
spiritual sound and sturdy response I got was the response I got was that it was a sin to have sex not facing each other. I'll repeat that. It was a sin to have sex not facing each other. So 16-year-old me went into this class with a pretty big, pretty real question about morality. I took the fucking time out of my busy schedule because at 16, I had a lot of engagements to ask this person. And that's what I got. That, that had nothing to do with it. I was like, I don't care which way they're facing in this book because already it's against someone's will. And I'm sorry, let's not mince words. That's rape. So you're trying to tell me position? Like what? I, when I was so mad, nothing gets me like religious leaders giving me stupid answers. Like I remember when I was a kid, I asked a priest, I said, why can't women become priests? And he looked at me. I was probably age five, age six, maybe, maybe seven. He looks at me and goes, why can't men have babies? Seriously? Why can't women become priests? Why can't men have babies? Well, first off, men can, but that's a conversation that priest was not ready to have. Uh, but secondly, like, I'm sorry. Uh, it's so irrelevant so stupid such a bad comparison and it stuck with me because here I am like 20 years later and I remember that answer and I remember feeling dismissed and I remember how stupid it was so anyway that's just some um information about the situation that's just some information about the situation that I started in and lived in and dealt with in terms of um, talking about birth control. But the first time it really came up personally for me was when I was in high school and I did have a boyfriend and we were having sex. And let me tell you, when I first went into high school, I was so, I was openly like I'm saving myself for marriage like I'm not going to have sex until I'm married and people would try to kind of push me on that and be like uh why and I was like because it's the godly thing to do I mean I was in it I was in it deep I wanted a purity ring I mean I think I really just wanted like jewelry but I wanted a purity ring I wanted the whole thing I mean when I was a kid when I was maybe like 10 11 all I wanted in the world was to be a nun like truly and truly and truly wanted to just be a nun. When I went to Rome with my dad and my grandmother, I asked every fucking nun, let me tell you every nun, how old you had to be to join their order. And the answer across the board was 16, which looking now, that is absolutely ridiculous to me. But at the time that felt so old. I was like, can, can I do it now? You know, truly wanted to be a nun. And I wrote, I was writing a letter for why I should be allowed to be a nun, right? I thought this was going to like totally um, rock the world of the convent and they were going to say, oh, well, let's take this younger girl and she's just so saintly. And um, my whole letter, the whole letter was about how I had never kissed a boy. 
it was about how I had never had sex, how I was planning to never have sex, how I was saving myself, how pure I was, like, mm. <laughs> that was the letter, and that's what I thought that they were looking for, and honestly, I mean, they look for more than that, but that is an aspect of it, and that's the part that I kind of clung onto and really got, like, into and tried to present and and emphasize and like talk about and be known for and it's so like looking back I'm like what I was like 11 or 12 like somewhere in that age range somewhere between like 10 and maybe 13 tops and I'm writing to you about how I'm a virgin which the virginity is a concept is fucking stupid but like I'm like I'm a virgin and that's why you should let me join your religious godly group <clears throat> so anyway again there's context I promise I'll get to the birth control part so so age 16 age 16 I'm dating someone I'm influenced uh by a multitude of things but I don't know being 16 <laughs> being a major one of those things um and I don't even remember what made the adjustment in my head of I'm saving myself and I'm going to have sex like I really don't quite remember where that I'm like talking slow because I'm trying to think about it and I, I don't think I'm going to produce it I don't even know if there was truly a moment or a time that I could pinpoint where I was like you know what I'm done saving myself like we're gonna just have sex um but at some point it crossed over to that and I had sex and I remember actually the first time I was so stupid it was planned like it was I was dating the person and we kind of planned for a time where we knew that we would be alone in the house um but we got into a huge fight on the bus home from school about the morality of torture like right beforehand but we still went through with it it was you know it was pretty much reflective of our relationship I would say that, that was a pretty good way to kind of put our relationship into a, a you know one to two sentence statement of oh yeah before the first time we had sex we got into a mega argument on the school bus regarding the morality of torture and then we did it um so I mean, but shout out, still love that person, still friends with them, they're an angel, but, but I don't know. But us 10 years ago, not, not as cute, not as cute. Um, but in any case, so I was, you know, I was having sex, and then I remember being in the car with my mother at one point, and I think the situation was that I had a UTI or something, yeast infection, I think it was a UTI, and my mother was like, you know you can get UTIs from having sex. Are you having sex? And I am not really good at lying. Like I, well, that's not true. I can lie pretty good in different situations. I can stretch truth. I can, you know, weasel my way out of a lot of stuff. That was a situation though, where I don't know what prompted me to be honest. I think cause I think cause I knew my mom knew when she was asking you know when someone asks you something and you just know that they know 
and you know that lying about it is just probably going to get you in more trouble. So that was kind of the situation. And so I just remember being like, um, yeah, I am. And that was the end of it with her. She didn't say anything else. But then I would say about two days later, I was sitting out. We had a little room that was in addition to the house. And I was sitting out there doing my homework. And I remember my dad. This is so, oh my God, this is just so classic. My dad walking in and me just doing homework and him looking at me. I'm going to, I'm trying so hard to crack up. My dad looks at me and he's like, because it's not funny. He was upset, but he was like, your mom, your mom told me something really disappointing. And I was just kind of like staring at him and I was like, what? And he was like, she told me that you're having sex. And my dad started crying. And then like, I started crying because I felt bad but then but then here came the million dollar question that I got where my dad asked if I was using contraception and I don't know if anyone else who was raised similar to the way that I was raised ever had this sort of moment with a parent or a person or themselves my dad asked me are you using contraception? And I didn't know what answer he wanted. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be in more trouble if I said that, yes, I was, which was the truth. Like, I was. I was using um, barrier methods. But, you know, I was like, am I going to be in more trouble if I say that I am? Or will I be in more trouble if I say that I'm not? Like, I had to, like, weigh it in my head for a minute and kind of, like, just look at him and think about it. Then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm already, they're, they're already mad at me. They're already disappointed. I may as well be honest. And I said, yes, yeah, I, I am using contraception. And my dad was like, oh, thank God. So that was another one where I was kind of like, um, I don't really know what, you know, I'm like, I don't really know what the right thing is here um mixed messages and like I think for my dad he just wanted me to be like you know as safe as possible and you know I guess if I was already sinning just add the other sin um but my parents actually made me go to confession about it because they were like this is a mortal sin to have sex before marriage you need to go confess it and I was like "Mm." and they made me go and I went in, it's this priest that I've known for forever, he used to come to dinner at my house all the fucking time, like, I, he was in my life all the time, and so I had to go in, and I had to be like, hello, father, you know, I'm, my, I said my parents sent me here to confession, because they want me to confess something, and I was like, and, um, I'll tell you what it is, but I'm not confessing it, and so I told him, I said, my parents sent me here because I'm having sex, and they're mad about it, and they want me to confess it, I said, but here's the deal father to confess something in confession you're supposed to one feel bad about it and two intend not to do it again those are like the rules for confession saying I'm really sorry you know I I think that what I did was wrong and I have intention not to do it again I was like here's the fucking deal I don't feel bad about it. I mean, I did to a degree, but I was like, you know, I don't really feel that bad about it. 
And um, I 100% intend to do it again. Like 100%. So I said to him, I was like, I'm not going to confess it out of respect to confession as a sacrament. (laughs) Like, or I don't know, is confession a sacrament? I can't remember. Yeah. I think so. Reconciliation. I think that's a sacrament. I don't know. I've forgotten more about Catholicism than more people ever knew. Most people ever knew, I mean. Uh, Like, I truly used to know so much. And now I feel like I just remember, like, random words. You know, just like tabernacle, transubstantiation. And that's it. I thought I would remember more. But anyway, so... So that whole situation happened where I was like, I confessed that I'm not going to confess. And my parents, I told them that too. And I got out. They said, how did it go? And I told them the truth. And they were actually happy that I was respectful enough of their religion to not, you know, abuse the sacrament or whatever reconciliation, like to, to be truthful um, rather than doubling up and lying, which is another sin. So that whole thing happened, high school happened at some point in there. Again, my memory is hazy in high school and early college because they're just so fucking blackout depressed. But I know at some point I was taking the taking the pill. And I had I don't I couldn't tell you what brand or whatever. It was in like a green box and I don't even know like I'm like how did I even get on that pill because I know that my parents were so against it but like I think my mom I don't know I think they were just kind of like they didn't know what to do I don't know because I was like I'm gonna be a nun and I'm a virgin I'm gonna be a virgin forever and I'm so pure and I love purity and nunnery And then I was like, actually, I guess I'm just going to date this person who literally just wears, like, Slayer t-shirts and, like, um, Megadeth and Ghost t-shirts and who sounds really scary and runs in combat boots during cross-country. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck him. So, sorry about it. Like, I don't think that they knew what to do. And so at some point I was on birth control. My mom was pissed about it, but, like, also sort of supportive of it and um like she was kind of just like well could you just stop having sex like stop whatever and I was like uh no so I was taking it it wasn't really a secret that I was taking it and it wasn't a secret that my parents were pissed about it but that they were also like weirdly okay with it um and I remember that I was using the pill for a pretty long time maybe I think because I remember I moved out to Western Mass for college when I was 21 and I think at that point I was still taking birth control pills I think it must have been because I remember that there was kind of like a defining moment where, um, without going into detail, just because, um, you know, out of respect, I guess, but someone in my life unexpectedly got pregnant and I was like, 
oh shit, like, oh, that actually happens. Um, and after that situation, um, I spoke to one of the elders in my life about the whole situation, just processing, and she recommended that she was like, told me some about her history and stuff that had happened, and she really recommended getting an IUD. So to that point, I don't, I think that I had heard of IUDs, maybe, possibly, but I didn't really, I don't think I knew that much about them. I really don't remember. Again, a blur, a literal fever dream. Um, but I, I was so shaken from what had happened with this person in my life um, that I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I was like, I'm going for the most effective one and where I don't have to remember to take the pill or take it at the same time because I'm not someone who is good at that. Like I have a pill that I take now where I have an alarm that goes off every night at the same exact time and I like sort of remember to do it, I guess. Um, but especially where I was at at that time, it was very challenging for me to remember something of that nature. Um, and yeah, I just was like, I want the most effective. Like, let's just be to the point and least, least long-term effort, I guess. So my friend at the time, one of my friends lived in Boston or right outside of Boston. And so we kind of planned. So here's the thing too. My parents are like I said, where they're sort of, they sort of were like, okay-ish, or came to terms with the birth control, they're still super not for it. Um, like when my sister, I think she was living with them at the time, or she was staying with them at least, and she had to go get an IUD, and they had her take an Uber there, like, because they were like, we're not endorsing this choice. Um, so I knew that they were like, I did not want to do it in their house, um, somewhat out of respect for them, but also just protection of myself of like, I don't want to deal with that. So I went to my friend's house near Boston and we went, we were going to take the tea in, but then something like happened, like the tea was shut down and so we had to drive and my friend drove me into Boston which was nightmarish and then we went to the Planned Parenthood in Boston and they did the procedure and I remember it really hurt um again sort of blackout like I can't even really remember what the room looked like or anything or the provider or really even the sensation um I just remember that it like wasn't super pleasant and then I remember after that, we actually went and met the the high school boyfriend that I'm, I was just talking about. He lived in the, that area of Boston at the time. And so we met up with him, and I was, like, at Goodwill. Like, I had just gotten my IUD put in, and I was in, like, a lot of pain. Like, I was cramping really badly. And I was like, I'll be damned if I don't buy this trip NYC dress. 
like literally like I was like I'm just gonna pretend it's not happening and I'm gonna just throw myself fully into thrifting and buying this like fucking dress covered in chains which was a pretty cool dress but like was it worth the pain I went through to purchase it I don't know Um, but then we went back to my friend's house and I remember just kind of like laying there eating ice cream and that's most of what I remember about that whole experience. Um, but I do recall for like a month after I got it put in, I was, it was hellish. Like I was in so much pain. I was, um, like there was, um, thought that maybe I had like an ovarian cyst or something. Like it was my ovary really hurt and um, just super unpleasant to the point where I was going to get it removed. Like I was like, I'm done with this bullshit. Like I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 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 And then pretty much as soon as I was like, I'm done, it stopped and it was fine. Um, then I get like, I just, here I am like trying to tell you the story of my life. And I'm like, my ability to produce timelines is next to none like I have no idea when anything happened to me ever like I just couldn't fucking tell you so I think it was after that so obviously it was after that but it was um three three years maybe no because that would have been like 2017 that I no 2017 16 wait okay yeah so I moved out here in like 2015 so it was like a cup whatever it does no one cares it was a couple of years after I got my IUD put in I don't remember what the circumstances were about me getting it replaced again like I can't remember if I thought I had had it in longer or if I didn't like how it was or if someone told me to remove it like I literally could not fucking tell you I could not tell you um but for whatever reason I got it replaced and I remember like people so people who have given birth um or like specifically I guess like people who have uh birthed vaginally not to discredit cesarean birth people have had cesarean birth probably have this as well but like people say they're like you you your body forgets like how much how painful it was um I guess I'm thinking like specifically of cervical pain because that's what I dealt with like pushing on the cervix um so I guess any birth you could have that um but like people being like you 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 forget the pain because if you remembered you just wouldn't have more kids and I remember with my IUD pain like of getting it inserted I was like unfortunately this is a pain that I can very much remember like I can definitely conjure the sensation if I think hard enough about it um and yeah so I remember just like getting it removed and then getting a new one put in and it really like this is like part is still in the timeline of my blur but I do recall that it was unpleasant and then I recall that I went in for a checkup for my IUD they were supposed to be checking the strings 
checking everything to see if it was okay. And, you know, they do a pregnancy test that's standard. Um, and the doctor had been looking at everything and she was like, everything looks good. Everything looks fine. Um, and she was like, oh, I totally forgot. I need to just check your pregnancy test real quick. I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm sitting in the room reading a book. Um, and then the doctor comes flying in, flying in. She takes the, 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 um, tissue or excuse me she takes the book out of my hand she puts a tissue box in my hands it goes I am so sorry you're pregnant she said you're 100% without doubt in my mind pregnant I did the test three times each time immediately came back and said that you are pregnant and I lost my shit I went up I lost it I was sitting there I was crying I was like snot everywhere couldn't breathe freaking out I was like I can't be pregnant I don't want to be pregnant I have an IUD like I was like I drove here in my mom's car and it has two like license plates like what am I supposed to do like bad like literally like I don't even know like everything like just hitting me and being like I I don't know what to do and where I was at at that time I think I was I think I was with Adam I was with Adam but we I mean like even now we're married fuck and I don't want a baby I don't feel ready for a baby um, but certainly where we were at at the time, I was like, oh, I do not want to be pregnant right now. Um, the doctor left the room and then she came back in like 10 minutes later, I get flying this time, literally like the wicked witch of the West, like flew in and she's like, I'm so sorry. I read you the wrong person's test the wrong person's test she read me the wrong fucking person's test and told me I was pregnant without a doubt in her mind and then left me there for 10 minutes to think that I was pregnant anyway so that was my checkup for my IUD it was um very traumatic and has actually caused mega anxiety surrounding going to the gynecologist which is why when what happened next happened that I was very upset um I so I had my IUD that I got replaced like not super long ago like a couple of years um and then I went to a regular old primary care appointment um and they were doing a vaginal exam and she said hmm your strings look like they're the wrong length I think you should go get an ultrasound but thank you to health insurance an ultrasound was going to be $800 um which I did not have nor if I had that money would I want to spend it on an ultrasound so I was told that I needed one and there was pretty much nothing I could do about it for like a year um so I just ignored it like I was anxious about it but I mostly just ignored it um and then I got married and got better health insurance. Thanks, babe. Um, and then I was, so then I was able to get the ultrasound. And so I went to go see this group of midwives for a checkup. They checked everything and said, yeah, we'll, we'll send you to get an ultrasound. So I got the ultrasound done. Then the ultrasound people said, yeah, it looks like it's falling out. You should probably get it replaced. So I made an appointment at the OBGYN from hell, the office that had told me that I was pregnant. 
um, with Queen Bitch herself. Sorry, not the one who told me that was pregnant, but this particular OB who um, has everyone that I've talked to who's seen her has not had a positive experience. But I was kind of desperate at that point. I was like, I just want this done. Um, so I made an appointment to get my IUD replaced and I went in and the OB, like I was sitting there and I was texting my BFF, love you Asa, because I was anxious about the whole situation, about getting it replaced. And the OB walked in the room and as I was literally just texting like, oh, doctor walked in to put my phone away. And the OB looked at me and was like, I can leave. And I was like, what? And she was like, if you're distracted, I can leave and give you some space. I, oh God. Anyway, without going into great detail, she was a mega bitch. And she also, when I told her, she was like, so tell me what happened. Why are you here? Literally with the attitude. I told her what happened and why I was there. And she was like, well, I don't believe that ultrasound that you got done because you didn't get it done here. And I don't know why you didn't get it done here. And I was like, well, because I avoid this place like the literal plague. Um, but whatever. So she was like, well, I'm not going to do the procedure today. You need to get an ultrasound down here. So I got the ultrasound down there. Lo and behold, they were like, yeah, it's like fucking coming out of you. Like you need to get your IUD replaced. So I was like, I'm not going back to that provider. And I was looking for other providers. And then I found place that everyone had recommended out here and was just like they're super great I reached out to them I made I scheduled an appointment but then there was an issue with insurance and then there was an issue with I don't even remember there's a lot of different things that came up but pretty much my appointment got rescheduled three times sorry for yawning I'm just so exhausted thinking about how many times that appointment got rescheduled um oh and then there was a provider out and then I had a possible COVID scare and all sorts of stuff but this place I mean honest to god and I'm gonna shout them out I'm gonna shout them out by name Tapestry Health in Western Mass um they were amazing they did everything in their power to get me to be able to come in they were very trauma informed they were very kind um and I ended up being able two days ago to get my IUD replaced there. Um, and it was, I'm particularly sensitive. I feel like, like I talked to a lot of people who were like, yeah, it was uncomfortable to get my IUD replaced, but like it was fine. I'm someone where I have a really hard time with it. Like it's very painful to me and it's so short. Like it's a very short procedure, but like I build it up to be such a big thing. Um, I'm also not one to suffer in silence. Um, I'm definitely a complainer and a loud complainer. And so I, yeah, when she, (laughs) the provider is like doing everything. Well, first she's, she's like, you know, asking, she's like, is there anything that you need? Um, and I was like, can you just talk to me? So this poor woman is like trying to talk about like her cat that she just got or something I don't know super sweet and I like stopped her while she was talking I was like you can start doing stuff now if you need to just like keep talking so she's like pulling my IUD out while trying to talk to me about her cat I'm screaming um the whole procedure like I was so loud I really I'm like laying there just like ow 
ah, this is awful. And then I was like, it's actually not that bad, but I just, I, I have to be loud. And then I was like, can you believe I want to have an unmedicated childbirth, like labor, like yelling, like, oh my God, this poor woman. And then I, then I convinced myself that I was like birthing the speculum. Like I thought I was pushing it out and I was really nervous about that because I was like, oh my God, the speculum just goes flying out while all of this stuff is in there. And I'm like, I think I'm pushing the speculum out. She's like, you're not. And I was like, I am. Like, this woman had the patience of a saint. She was an amazing provider. Like, total props. Super grateful. Um, But yeah, and so I got the friggin' thing done. I got the IUD replaced. And people have been listening to this whole, like, whole nightmare of me trying to get my IUD replaced. And, like, appointments getting canceled and shit for like months at this point so that's the story of my most recent IUD removal and insertion and I was really crampy the day of like after the procedure um I just like laid around I was also fucking exhausted um just from like the anxiety and the whole procedure and then yesterday wasn't as bad. Today I'm kind of crampy again, but I'm like doing okay. I'm getting through it. Um, and yeah, and I have a whole post on my Instagram page of, I think it's at, <laughs> I should know what my Instagram page is, um, at in bloom life coach, which I'm hoping to change that handle soon because I want to just drop the life coach. I'm so over it, but, um, yeah, so I think it's at In Bloom Life Coach, and I have a post about preparing for an IUD appointment um, or other potentially scary medical procedures. So that's there. Um, I did go in holding my teddy bear and an ice pack and a fidget toy. Like, I came prepared. Um, but yeah, so that's the long and sordid history of me and struggling with birth control and contraception. Um, I have come to a place in my life where I do not feel sinful for using, uh, birth control, which is great. That's very freeing and relieving and good for me. I am grateful for that because <laughs> it sucks to think that you're like a bad person and going to hell for like trying to prevent a pregnancy. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I just appreciate places like the tapestry where I went that are making um, access to birth control accessible to people. Um, And yeah, I think that's the most of it. I'm looking now and I'm seeing that I've kept you here for 42 minutes and 53 seconds. So I'm thinking that whoever might be listening to this is probably ready to move on to their next task or their next podcast. Um, But I want to say thank you to everyone who continues to listen to this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate it. It's nice to talk into the air and then know that someone is listening. Um, Yeah, I am trying to think. If you are passionate about birth control, hit me up. If you have anything that you would like to contribute or add or say, or if something resonated or if something was totally off base for you, let me know. Um, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. I totally appreciate it. Um, thank you 
everyone, and this was Anna on the podcast, I Am Struggling, the podcast. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,